the FTC and Microsoft are back at it again. And so is this podcast because of that exact reason. They should just do the old Zuckerberg, Musk, and fight in a cage. I can't believe that that's real, by the way. I don't believe it's real. Until they actually start throwing punches at each other, I'm not going to believe that it's yeah. real. Two lizard <clears throat> people just fighting it out. I feel like what's going to happen, I was like, on the surface, everyone's like, oh yeah, Musk will kick his ass. I think Zuck's going to be one of those dudes There's a solid who chance. takes his shirt off and he's just fucking... Like, you, not like jacked. Like Yakuza Tatted? Yes, but like, just like caught. He's the dragon of Facebook? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if he had a giant dragon on the back of him and he was the dragon of meta or something like that. Yeah. It was like his, yeah. his internal name. Wild. You don't see anyone being like, I want to fight Bezos. No, well, he retired. He's out of the game. Is in, he? In quotes. <laughs> The same way that Bill Gates. Nobody's fighting Bill Gates. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, Gamers 2 Podcast, your weekly roundup of news and commentary related to video games. Anything else that might pique our interest? Like billionaires cage fighting each other. Or or billionaires dying in a sub. <laughs> Beat me to it. <laughs> um, what else is weird we got this week? I feel like there was so something. It's the weirdest suicide pact I've ever heard of. Yeah. So it's a weird one. I was just reading, I just read a thing on uh, Reddit oh, right. about um, the first dive into the Mariana Trench. The submersible on the way down, window pane cracked. And they said, let's keep going. <laughs> uh, I would have been like, okay, it cracked. Great. It's a great time. Good mm-hmm. thing to find this out. Let's just you know go back yeah. up. Not double down into, well, we're already here. That's basically what they're like. Well, we're already here. They their reasoning, and then apparently it was it was repeated in in basically the same thing was repeated in different words in the James Cameron uh, documentary. Was that it's if always, you have time, if you have if you have heard a noise, how much money is James Cameron making on all these sinking disasters? You know what I mean. There's some stuff going on there. You know what I mean. If you have time, if you hear the noise and you have time to think about it, you're fine. Because that's that's the thought. Yeah, because if if it if you were going to implode, it'd be it happened so fast that so you wouldn't even right. You wouldn't be able to think about yeah. it. But, but I'm not is, saying the logic sound. But the, lo- the logic isn't sound because you heard it crack. Yeah. So you said, "Let's make more pressure and go deeper." Not. I don't know. That, are we at tree falls in the wood? Does it make a sound noise? Like levels of? I think so. I think it's kind of there. I if think a it's window like... cracks in the ocean and you have time to think about it, are you really in danger? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what we're doing? I just love the logic there. We're like, okay, we're in a submersible. So it's the first time they go into the Mariana Trench. So which, you're in it. Always. You're in where's an experience. Where's, where's the first place you want to explore? <laughs> Clearly a fucking the deepest place in the world. Oh, a trench? Put me in it. <laughs> So Let me find those kaijus. A, they have to be in an experimental submersible. It's the first time. It's the first, yeah, it's the first yeah. time. There's no Wright Brothers <laughs> of the Ocean. It's the Mariana Trench, lowest point in the world, in the world, Earth. No idea what's down there. Literally, Godzilla could be down there. Literally. Quite, quite literally, Godzilla, all the kaijus, <laughs> just like, hello. Going deeper than any person's gone before. You visually see and hear a window pane crack. Yeah, that's fine. That's nothing. And <laughs> you're, that's exa- you're just like, 
Let's send it. Let's not resurface, replace the pain, do it again. Yeah, which also, that would have been fine. I don't understand yeah. that. I'd be like, yeah, we're just going to fix it and we're going to try again. Like, okay. Yeah. No. Send it. Fucking send I, it. I picture a bunch of side eye happening in that submersible. You think they talk about it? Or you think they just kind of look at each other and then just continue on like it didn't happen? I, I, I'm I, betting a bunch of people look at each other. <laughs> Some guy. Like, they're all enough of them are going like, what, what? am I crazy? Did, it, did Everybody saw and heard that, right? And then it takes like 10 minutes of them continuing to go down before eventually the captain realizes that everybody's like weirdly quiet about things. Yeah. And then he turns around and goes, oh, no, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We heard, we heard it. So we got time to, we're okay. Yeah. And you're like, I'm just imagining someone pulls then, out a roll of duct tape from behind his back and just fucking slaps a piece of duct tape on it. It's just like, we're good. I like to picture either that or somebody like poking it. Doing, doing the old, like, how bad is it? <laughs> <laughs> They're just tapping on the broken glass. Oh God, that's terrible. All right. Anyway, um, you know, if you don't want to die in a submersible, I got some some lovely video games that you can play. I got places where you can spend two hundred fifty thousand dollars before going in the ocean. Yeah, or significantly less than that, and then have some money in the bank. That's true. Starting with number one, Aliens: Dark Descent for the PC, PlayStation, Xbox. Number two, Crash Team Rumble for the PlayStation Xbox. Number three, The Hunter, Call of the Wild, Emerald Coast Australia DLC. Wow. Game's still going. It is still going. The Last Hero of Nostalgia. And The Rise of Evil DLC for PlayStation, PC, Xbox, and Switch. Number six, A Broken Spectre for the Quest. Number seven, Trepang 2 for the PC. It's a weird name. Number 8, Apico for the Xbox. Number 9, The Bookwalker Thief of Tales for the PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. Number 10, Dr. Fetus's Mean Meat Machine for the PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Uh... Do we want to speculate? I don't think we have to. Okay. Number 11, Final Fantasy 16. It's officially here. Final if Fantasy. you're a Final Fantasy person. Yeah. I've heard that it looks really pretty, and then the story kind of implodes 80% of the way there. I know one person who played an hour of it, and he was like, I, it's, it's been cutscenes the entire time so far. Well, Which yes, is, yes, yeah. square. What Final you Fantasy. expect. Yeah. Number 12, Harmony, The Fall of Reverie for the PlayStation and Xbox. Number 13, the more controversial than Dr. Fetus game, Six Days in Fallujah on PC. What's the, uh, how's that been doing? Have we heard anything? Have I heard haven't anything? heard any. I'm pretty sure people aren't touching that thing with a 10-foot pole for the most part. All right, I'll, I'll look it up. Number 14, C-Mash VRS for the PSVR 2. And number 15, Matt's most anticipated game of this week, followed by a few other people's most anticipated game, Mars First Logistics is officially available to play. Wild. Do you even remember what that game is? I do not. That was the colonizing Mars and starting your trade industry on the planet. Build rovers. I kind ship of ship things. Point yeah, to point B. I kind of like feel like I saw this at on a game conference or something. You did. That's where this game comes from. I can't believe you don't remember it. I mean, I remember. I remember the idea of it and being interested in it. 
you were you were in. Oh yeah, I'm always in on things, and then I realize that I don't have time to play things. I know. I'm just telling you. It was one of the things that you were interested in, so you might want to take a fucking look at it when you get home. I will try. I will endeavor to do so. I'll just start blowing up the group chat and tell Dewey to ask you about it every single day because I know he has the commitment to do it. Yeah, he will. He'll find me hanging from the closet being like, I guess we went too hard. (laughs) Jesus. No reviews for this yet. Other than like articles being like, is it too soon? Controversy. Well, yeah, probably all from the interview too that happened, whatever it was. Uh, I can't remember if it was the interview that caused it or if it was just the announcement of it when it happened. Like, was it two years ago? Three years ago? Actually, it happened well before that, and then it happened again. Anyway, shall we get to the news headlines? We sure can. All right, perfect. Number one, PlayStation has lost its head of mobile. PlayStation had a head of, head of mobile? Yeah, they did. PlayStation right. Mobile. Yeah, that was a division that was thriving, probably. Uh, so they lost their head of mobile, and Nicola Sebastiani has left the company to pursue a new undisclosed opportunity. Sebastiani joined the PlayStation as the VP and head of mobile in July of 2021. Prior to that, he had spent seven years at Apple, where he was head of content for Apple Arcade. I wonder if he left because he was bored. A solid chance. Because, like, as you alluded to. What were they doing? Yeah, what, what, what are they doing? You, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb. Okay. Speculation with no facts is also the name of this podcast. He's going to Netflix. That's probably true. Who else is doing anything with mobile right now? Apple. Google. Yeah, but Apple's weird. They don't, you know. Right, but he's already, but he knows the arcade system. Isn't it weird like that you never really hear about Apple executives and stuff moving around? Like they obviously move around. There's not there's nobody really working there. We this goes back I to think, the AI theory. Yeah, I think Apple Apple and Valve. <laughs> There's some weird, like, both of them have weird shit going on. Valve is Gabe Newell and clones of Gabe Newell. Did you know that uh, Gabe Newell also owns a deep sea submersible? Yeah, but that doesn't surprise me. Called, uh, what is it? Limiting Factor. The DSV Limiting Factor. That's a great name. Uh, he, he, it's the only, it holds the record for the deepest dives in all five oceans. And just out of curiosity, how deep were those dives, Matt? Um, I think it's rated down to 36,000 feet. And how, uh, how far was Ocean Gate rated down to? 4,000. All right. Which one? You want to know how, you want to know how far down the Titanic is? 13,000 feet. I was going to say, it's a couple miles. (laughs) So. Yeah. 2.6 or something. I don't know. That that's quick math. Five thousand two hundred and eighty feet, right? So ten thousand five hundred and sixty. Sure. Sounds right. Quick math. Sounds right. Add on another three thousand somewhere in there, and then whatever that percent is. Two point six. Yeah. That's how you get there. There you go. He showed his math. I showed my work. Yep. You know what they always said in school? Show your work. Show your work. Why? I just did. It's the man trying to keep you down. Number two. <laughs> Activision Blizzard shareholders have turned down a proposal for the publisher to adopt 
a union non-interference policy. The proposal included a commitment for non-interference on employee unionization efforts and forbid management from undermining the right to unionize or pressure employees not to exercise that right. Finally, the proposal wanted the company to adopt a process to identify and punish any violations of that policy. Shook. Yeah. Shook. Is it surprising, though? No. Yeah. Uh, It was like, uh, I think if I'm I'm remembering correctly, it was like a 62-whatever split. Like 62% of the shareholders said, yeah, no. And then the rest were split up between yeses and, uh, like, abstaining. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's not surprising, though. Uh, I agree. Shareholders are not far away from shitty bosses. Some would say the Venn diagram is closer to a circle. (laughs) Number three. A post on Reset Era shared an update from the Los Angeles Tourism Board of Commissioners projecting future sales results based on the cancellations of the 2024 and 2025 E3 events. The ESA issued a statement saying that they are, quote, currently having conversations about E3 2024 and beyond. Uh... They also added, no financial decisions about the event have been made at this time. No, sorry, no final decisions about the event have been made at this time, unquote. Uh, so they're basically saying, hey, it's weird that their finances are including no E3 in 2024 and 2025, but we haven't really said that there's not going to be an E3. Everyone's telling you you're dead. Just be dead. It's time. Throw in the towel. It was a good run. Till the end. Closing time. One last golfer. <laughs> just partner. Just just partner with Jeff Keeley. Speaking. Just of, make a sing, make announce yourselves for E three twenty twenty four. Don't do anything. Or if you want to have fun with it, make an entire event. Book out a theater. Do everything. Just then put all the E three logos over the years up on a on a broadcast like a broadcast screen and just slowly looping through them while playing taps. There you go. And that's the entire thing. Don't have anybody come out and announce it. Don't do anything. Say, we're beginning the the show. Do that for 20 minutes. End the show. Don't elaborate. People would love it. <laughs> They'd be like, oh my god, it's the best thing they've done in decades. <laughs> in decades? <laughs> Since you've existed, this is the best thing you've ever done. Uh, everyone would be like, has, the e- has E3 peaked? <laughs> was their final act their best one? Oh man alright was it just a bait is E3 coming back in 2025 <laughs> next up we have the man who killed E3 Jeff Keeley has acknowledged complaints about the lack of diversity around this year's summer game fest though he didn't address the issue in depth uh, in an interview with CBC, host Keeley simply said, quote, I think generally we do a pretty good job with diversity in our shows. That was something that's a fair flag. We also want to be authentic to the games that are being presented on the show and the developers that are making them. So, yeah, I think we're conscious of it. End quote. Keeley's next show will be Gamescom, Gamescom opening night live broadcast from Cologne on Tuesday, August 22nd. Yeah, I mean, they only had six people on stage. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I think you just have to face reality on this that still the majority of developers and executives and all that good stuff are white men. There, There's that. I also think they could pivot somewhat. But it depends on what games are coming, what games they want to dive yeah. a little so bit further into and stuff like apparent, that. He, he said in the same interview that, um, I can't remember her name, but the actress that's playing Saga in um, Alan Wake 2 yes. was scheduled, was was supposed to be there on stage and talking about her character, but there was a last-minute scheduling conflict, so she couldn't make it. I say, because of, of the people that like didn't need to be there and could have been somebody else or something, we didn't need Spider-Man there. Nope. Uh, and we didn't need Alan Wake Sam Lake there. Yeah, which I think he was there because he, of... Yeah, he was there for the stand-in. But then we just didn't need Spider-Man, so you could have used that time somewhere else, because yeah. we're going to see we're gonna see enough Spider-Man throughout the entire time and didn't need to have a person talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Or you could have had the Senua person that did the intro to their gameplay actually there. Yeah. But that might have been like a flying... Another scheduling thing or something. There are ways to fix it, and I'm sure he will. Number five, Nuzu released. What the what is it? Nuzu. Nuzu released results from its global gamer study detailing play habits collected from online surveys of more than 74,000 people across 36 markets. Here's some of the more interesting stats. Of those polled, 79% of them identified as gaming enthusiasts, and 47% of that subset played on more than one platform. The poll considered PC, mobile, and console each to be a single platform. I think that... So three platforms. Yeah, yeah. Mobile was the most popular form, with 60% of online respondents playing on phones or tablets. Console and PC audiences were each about half of that, with 33% people playing PC and 32% saying console. 15% of respondents played games across all three formats. Men were more common to play across all three platforms, representing 64% of that cohort compared to 35% for all women. Probably as you'd expect on all those numbers. Just about, yeah. Again, it's always the funny part where you see 60% of mobile and people forget how fucking massive that market is. Yeah. Honestly, Whether whether we like it or not, it is the biggest gaming market. Yeah. And part of that is accessibility. Everyone has a cell phone. Y'all, y'all got phones? Uh, <laughs> the uh, the one that surprised me was the um, basically same same number of console and PC. Yeah, still going, still going strong. Ah, uh, now for some more lovely news. Uh, EA CEO Andrew Wilson announced a realignment of the company into two organizations, EA Sports and EA Entertainment, that would both still report to him. The reorganization sees some shifts in executive ranks as CFO Chris Sue and Chief Experience Officer Chris Bruzo will be leaving the company at the end of the month. The publisher said Sue decided to step down to pursue another opportunity while Bruzo is retiring. Replacing Sue is the CFO role in the CFO role will be Stuart Canfield, a 20-year veteran of the company. The company's new chief experiences officer will be David Tinson, 
previously the company's chief marketing officer. That one's a bit scary. Uh, when's the last time marketing made good decisions? Would you, if you were running a company, would you want to put your chief marketing, is that what he was, chief marketing officer? Chief marketing officer into your chief experiences officer role. So, I don't have the reaction you'd want me to have. That's fine. That's allowed. (laughs) I don't think it bothers me that much. Because of this fine detail. Fine detail. I'm going to do what we don't like. I'm going to split hairs. Splitting hairs. Marketing. Marketing. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see how long you're going to go. The... The chief marketing I feel officer. like you're over there like, I kind of like it. <laughs> it was going well. I did like it. It was a good gimmick. Uh, marketing doesn't necessarily mean all the bad things we associate EA with. Yeah. That can just mean they do really good advertising and everything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean they chose how Ultimate Team and all the microtransactions function. Yeah. Because that might be closer to game design CFO being buddy buddy, yeah. Than like marketing. So to move them into experience isn't. There's probably some stuff that translates, but I don't really know what a chief experience officer does. My my um thought on that is that a chief experience officer is kind of like the guiding hand for like the type of games and stuff that you want to do. Cause that's what I'm a, thinking. Like a creative lead. Yeah. Kind of Todd like a Howard kind of not, not to that level, but because, like, like the overarching picture. Because for me, if we're having the same conversation, the fact that that role exists is a bigger red flag. Oh yeah. I totally agree because what other company do you know of that has a position like this? Yeah. Regardless of who I put in it, it's, it shouldn't exist. The only other company I know of that has a position that's not named exactly the same, but essentially the same thing, is Ubisoft. Going well. So Both of these companies are doing great. It's just the idea that you're letting... Um, um, like you're essentially letting marketing... You're letting a make, financial trend person dictate design yeah which if if that is how this role works yeah which should never or like some sort of creative direction yeah that they should be completely separated all right anyways until it's too late to change anything um moving on laura i i'm gonna say her name's pronounced mealy i don't know if that's actually how it is sure bailey i don't know uh laura mealy is also seeing her title shift she was the former COO of the company, but is now the president of EA Entertainment, Technology, and Central Development. See, now that sounds closer to a role. Yeah. That I would assign with choose what we make type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Weber has been named president of EA Sports. Previously, he was uh, EVP, which I think that EVP. Executive, Executive vice president. And group GM of EA Sports. So basically, same role. So let me take you back 
to a time, Matt. A time. A time long ago. Long ago. <laughs> we can do this for the entire podcast and it wouldn't get old to me, but people would be fucking irritated. <laughs> uh, take it back to a time long ago. In the EA of yore. Yes. EA Sports. It's in the game. Was one thing we had. Yeah. Do you remember all the intros of EA? No. So we had Electronic Arts. Yes. Then we had Challenge Everything. Yeah. We had it in the game. Yep. We had Live. That was a specific to the sports thing still. Yeah. Uh, had Big. You had all these other subsidiaries mm-hmm. underneath it. And there was EA Sports. And EA, I don't remember what the actual other division was, but they've already had this whole two-division thing before. Yeah. Then they canned all of it. Yeah, and then they went singular. They went EA. Yep. And now they're just doing it again. They're doing it again. Are we vicious cycling? Running it back. Run it back. Time is a flat circle. I don't get the point of this. I get the point of it. If they were being smart about it, which we don't think they are. If they were being smart of it, where they're looking at things and going, why is our sports decisions influencing Star Wars? Like, yeah. That that shouldn't be happening. They should be separated to say, here's our creative and fantasy side. The EA originals, all that stuff is over here. Mm-hmm. Here's FIFA and NHL and Madden and all you guys are over there. If you want to talk technical things about like how to do something in an engine with each other, that's fine. But EA Sports is not talking to dice for Battlefield. Like yeah. those are not happening. But I think they tried to to use Ubisoft as an example again, where we say everything looks like an Ubisoft game. Yeah, they were getting in that weird, muddied up like, oh, that's clearly an EA game. Like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. We separate. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think it's... uh... If it's done correctly, I think it'll be good for them. Because it also can make them more sellable. I feel like... Is there there a corporation you can think of in the video game world where you're like, their structure works? I mean, maybe right now you could say PlayStation, but I feel like it's a house of cards. I think they're all house of cards, and it also depends on what you mean. I can think of developers. Yeah. Take two. Sorry. There you Take go. two. But even that's like, I don't even know what their structure is, actually. It's just a giant conglomerate that owns Rockstar and 2K and, like. Yeah, I don't know what that makeup is, like how that organization works, I guess. But I think I think of them closer to, like. A publisher with a bunch of entities. Yeah, which, which that's like is, kind of the Microsoft. And I think that's what EA is trying to like semi-transition into. Is like we're just going to publish and we'll split them out into two things. Mm-hmm. But also I think it makes EA potentially more sellable. Because they oh, can sell off. I see what you're saying. They can sell you off half sellable, of it. You're saying. If they, because there have always been the rumors of being under fire for soul. Yeah, I mean. They, with Ubisoft. But Ubisoft, there's You no basically structure. just broke. Well, no, I guess that's not true. No. Yeah, you basically just broke it into the profitable side and the non-profitable side. Right. Because sports makes all the money. 
and you could you could all the, theory, if all you the... wanted to evaluate each of them separately and say sports is worth x yep. this other stuff is worth this yeah which one would you like blah 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 yeah but if you looked at ubisoft and you were somebody trying to buy something what are you what are you even looking at? you're you're trying to get a you're going to try a fucking to, spider web you're going to try to just buy a studio you're just going to try to buy massive like that would be it mm-hmm. you're like i don't want anything else in this because i don't understand what's going on yeah Oh, there you go. Number seven. Bungie confirmed earlier rumors of their Marathon revival. Marathon is being reimagined as a sci-fi extraction multiplayer shooter where players take the roles of cybernetic mercenaries called runners. They'll be tasked with scouring the planet Tau Ceti IV, a long-lost colony where humans disappeared without leaving much of a trace, to uncover mysteries and riches. That was a horrible sentence. Me no they're gonna be good. Yeah, they're, they're gonna be tasked with scouring the planet to uncover mysteries and riches. Colon. Where humans disappeared without leaving much of a trace. Anyway, doesn't matter. I'm not a journalist. In a new report published on Insider Gaming, Tom Henderson shared new details of the gameplay mechanics. First off, Marathon is focused on three player groups. While it will be possible to join as a solo player or as a duo, you'll still be facing full three player groups. Another twist is that there is a chance to extract without the rest of the team. Marathon is also going heavy on the survival mechanics. Characters will have to deal with a limited oxygen supply. Ah, Too easy. They'll have to reach (laughs) their objectives and extract before dying due to lack of oxygen. There are mainly two ways to deal with that. Either go into the match with a large supply of oxygen canisters bought at the market, or scavenge additional canisters throughout the game world. The game will include an injury system. Being hit around the waist might reduce your oxygen supply. And getting a concussion could cause your screen to blur every now and then, simulating a massive headache and therefore giving you one in real life. The character progression system will mitigate some of those effects through perks and abilities. The current version of Marathon includes losing loot upon death. Bungie is reportedly aiming to deliver an extremely smooth experience with brief load times to entice players to play another round. The studio is working on three different maps, though the report couldn't verify if all three will be available at launch. Do you have any uh, commentary or criticism on that? On that, loot dropping on death will be interesting, but makes sense with what they're going for. Uh, the Here, oxygen and headache thing might get like annoying. That's what I was gonna say. Is I the survival aspect of it? Um, I don't know how that's gonna jive with what they traditionally do for run and gun and gameplay, or for any other extraction shooter where you don't have you have to worry about you have to worry about like health, sure, or wounds or whatever, mm-hmm. but not. I can only be down here for X amount of time anyway. Yeah, regardless of anything else that happens, I literally just have limited oxygen. Yep, and then the three player squad thing. Dark also, zone. didn't hold on. Limited oxygen. Uh, where players take the roles of cybernetic mercenaries. Bitch, put the oxygen tank inside me. What the fuck are we doing here? Why? Oh, I'm only cybernetic because I have a metal finger? What the fuck are we doing? Just give me iron lungs. That's a fair point. Maybe that'll be a uh, perk. But you'll have to pay for it. (sighs) Um, I'm, I'm curious. 
I'm intrigued, but I just I worry that that'll not be a great mechanic. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I it's you'd have to you'd have to nail the gameplay loop so that like you know you're satisfied every time you do like a a run. I guess you would say right. Your default level of oxygen would have to be massive. Yeah, or to allow you to play an entire round without ever. Yeah, because there's some kind of conflicting things there because you have you're saying they have three maps, so the assumption there is the maps are pretty fucking massive, which I read somewhere else that they're big. Yeah, but then that doesn't jive want, with the you fact want them to be to drop in three player teams. That doesn't jive with the fact. Like, then how limiting is the oxygen supply? Is it actually not very limiting? Right. Is it even worth having it in the game? Yeah. Because is it like? Is it thirty minutes? You know, is it... you're going to tell me it's a long. It's a big map, and I have to extract. Well, what if I end up not near an extraction point? Like, am I just gonna? Should I just bounce, like, leave the lobby and be like, I go again until I get a good drop? Yeah. So we all these questions, lots of questions. Like, I'm fine with the concussion thing. That makes sense because then you could just get like a bandage or you know, find pills or whatever you need to mm-hmm. like, you know reduce that. But the oxygen thing is literally a no matter what you do, you are going to end up like your entire point is to extract. Yeah. Not to pass out before you get to the extraction. Yeah. I wonder if it's just not going to be as scarce as, as uh, this is like making it seem like oh, also, you're just then, picking up oxygen the entire fucking. But then time. I also don't know what the point is. Yeah, that's the weird thing. That's, it's like where's the, the balance? It's hard to it's hard to do if you're dead set on having it in the thing. Yeah. All right, number eight. Hearings have begun between the FTC and Microsoft over their acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Um, Originally, I had written that we won't spend a lot of time on this and that there would be a few quick tidbits, um, but it ended up being more tidbits than I uh, originally planned. Not that it's long, so I don't know. There might be things that you want to add to that I might not have written down. But anyways, uh, Xbox VP Sarah Bond has testified that Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick threatened to keep Call of Duty off Xbox platforms unless Microsoft gave the publisher a more favorable revenue share. Bethesda's Pete Hines confirmed that the company's Xbox-exclusive Indiana Jones game was originally planned to be a multi-platform title. Now it's an Xbox PC exclusive coming day one on Game Pass, which we didn't know that, so that's a new thing. But I also would have guessed that. So I thought it was interesting because they they actually re- rewrote a part of the contract with Lucasfilms to make it exclusive. Oh, so it originally wasn't planned to be. Um, an email from Sony's Jim Ryan had the exec dismissing the idea that Microsoft would make Call of Duty exclusive, saying that he believed the deal was, quote, not an Xbox exclusivity play at all, end quote, and that Microsoft was, quote, thinking bigger than that, end quote. Hey, and if we're already not discussing Sony's entire kick was exclusivity. Yeah. And there's your CEO saying it's not that. Yeah, what the fuck are we doing here? What are we doing? Uh, Microsoft has outright admitted, quote, Xbox has lost the console wars, um, saying they've, quote, consistently ranked third behind Sony and Nintendo, end quote. According to Microsoft, they had a 16% share of total console sales in 2021, the Nintendo and PlayStation numbers were redacted. It is believed they were both above 16%. Yeah, I would I would be shocked if they were not. 
I'm assuming those numbers are way higher than 16% since there's not a lot of consoles on the market. I'm just saying. Um, Sony's Jim Ryan said in a de- uh, desp- deposition blah, 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 back in April that if Microsoft's acquisition of Activision happens, Sony won't share any PS6 information with Activision developers. Which is really weird when you're complaining about them making things exclusive. We don't want you to make games exclusive. We're not going to show you what our fucking consoles are so you can't develop games on them. Don't make that exclusive. Minecraft's bigger and you did the same thing, so. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Bitches. Was that the last one? That was the last one. I don't really have anything more to add. All right. if if people want them, they can go find quotes. People like Stephen Totillo and a few others, uh, Tom Henderson, and Paul Tassie. There have been a few people that have had yeah uh, quotes out from the hearings. But I'm just like the Jim Ryan email sent me where I was like, "What are we even doing then?" And it sounds like a couple quotes coming out of the judge have also been just getting annoyed with the FTC trying to play catch twenty two with yeah. Microsoft, and they're like, "What?" There's no, you have no grounds anymore. What are we doing? I appreciated the uh, Xbox lawyers getting feisty. Uh, basically being like, you know, our our mainline executives actually showed up to answer questions and PlayStation couldn't bother to be here in person. Yeah. So, okay, not important to you. What are we doing? Yeah. <sighs> Fun stuff. Hey, but guess what? There was a Nintendo Direct. There sure was. So let's talk about a bunch of things Matt doesn't give a shit about. Listen, I'm happy if gamers are happy. That's not true. That's not true at all. I mean, I want gamers to be happy, but their happiness has no effect on me whatsoever. There you go. There you go. That's, that's, that's better. Uh, there was Pokemon and Scarlet. Well, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC announced. Whoa. The Hidden Treasures of Area Zero. I don't know what the fuck that is. Split into two parts. The first part, the teal mask. Ooh. Will debut in fall of 23 and will feature five new Pokemon. Five. Five. The second part, the constipated man of the Bible. Of the Bible. There's nobody that's going to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) The first, the first constipated man was Cain. He wasn't able. Anyways, I'm done. I'm mad that he did it. <laughs> That's worse than the Echo joke. <laughs> the second, second constipated man was Noah. He filled the ark. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Why do you remember that? I don't know. I don't know. It just it just pops in. I don't know, remember the rest of it. I just remember those two. Oh, okay. Uh, the second part of that DLC is the Indigo Disc due out in winter of 2023. It's set in a terrarium. In the middle of the ocean. Terrarium. Hey, then Sonic Superstar showed up. But, uh, you know, hey, Fall 23. Then we got Palia. Palia is a free-to-play farming sim with combat and cooking elements. I want to be more involved with this section, but my don't worry about it. You don't web need to be. page will not load. Don't worry about it. You, you, you 100% don't need to be, but hey, remember what we said about free-to-play farming sims? There is one. There's a lot of them. There's I all, saw some people talking all, about like there's always two. 
a Fae Farm there's or something? A, there's a Bastard and Apprentice. <laughs> yeah, Fae Farm was in Summer Games Fest. Yeah, I remember right. that, but it there was didn't the one come out? Or? Wo- there was the one that everybody wooed for. We yeah, like, like, I saw a bunch of stuff about it. Did it come out, or is it just I people do. are hyped about it? I'm just... People are hyped about it. That's true. And Palia is, apparently, because people were concerned, they're like, we saw it during the Direct, but is it coming to PC? And they're like, yeah, we're working on... We're supposed to be coming to PC before the Switch, so don't worry about it. Persona 5 Tactica. We already talked about this, but hey, coming to Switch on November 17th, Myth Force. It's a first-person cooperative roguelike inspired by Saturday morning cartoons. Slated for 23 on Nintendo Switch. So, we'll see. It looks like Saturday morning cartoons, but they're like the weird modern art style of Saturday morning cartoons, not the old art style of Saturday morning cartoons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I just, I just love that. I'm, I'm reading this and I see you just like frantically trying to get like the dock back open as your thing keeps. Dying. I'm just like, I'm trying to figure out why this thing refuses to load. It only, <laughs> it refuses to work whenever I need it to. Yeah. Well, but like when I, when I'm just like sitting at home just chilling, it's like, yeah, I can load whatever the fuck you want me to load. <laughs> what do you want? You want, you want these eight tabs open? You can have them all open. <laughs> Detective Pikachu returns. Tim and a talking Pikachu star in Detective Pikachu Returns. Follow up to the 2016 game for the 3DS. Been eight years. Whoa. Seven, technically, but yeah. That long. Already. Yeah. But, you know, only four since the movie. So that will be out October 6th. So you can be a detective on October 6th. Super Mario RPG. The first Super Mario RPG is getting a full re- remake out November 17th. I'm kind of like, hell yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that one and I was like, I feel like people are going to be really, really into this one. I'm, 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 I'm pretty into that. Uh, then we got the Batman Arkham Trilogy. I, okay, I guess that was worthy of a direct. Coming to Switch in Fall 23. Gloomhaven coming to Switch on September 18th. Silent Hope, a role-playing game that stars seven protagonists who don't speak, is out October 3rd. I love how, like, Nintendo is just over here low-key just shoving games down people's throat. Being like, you motherfuckers want games? We got games for you. Speaking of games, Manic Mechanics. The cooperative party game Manic Mechanics. Overcooked, but with cars. July 13th for Nintendo Switch. Mario plus Rabbid Sparks of Hope DLC. It's the second DLC for that game. The expansion called The Last Spark Hunter is out today. Right now. We can get a demo for the free game right now, too. That's pretty dope. Or a demo for the regular game. That's pretty dope. Dragon Quest Monsters The Dark Prince. You can recruit and train various monsters who definitely won't fit in your pocket or a small ball or anything like that. Well. But hey, December 1st for the Switch. Pikmin 4! What? Pikmin? Again? Pikmin 4! I don't understand Pikmin. Olimar, the one that you probably would recognize if you saw him, is trapped and you have to rescue him. It's set to finally arrive on July 21st 
you can customize your own character. And there's a demo on June 28th. So, hey, test it out. Uh, HD versions of Pikmin and Pikmin 2 are coming to the Switch. Metal Gear Solid for the Switch is getting the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection. Which, if that tells you anything about the quality of that collection when you were wondering what it was going to be during the Games Fest, there's your answer. There you go. On October 24th. Temper those expectations. Temper them right now. Vampire Survivors is coming to the Switch. That'll be on August 17th. Mario Kart 8 is getting more DLC. Includes a new course called Squeaky Squeaky Clean Sprint. And therefore puts Nintendo on track to hit its stated goal for the racer that Mario Kart 8 would receive 48 remastered courses by the end of 2023. Wiggler, Petey Piranha, and Kamek also join the roster as drivers. Sometime this summer. Star Ocean the Second Ocean R. That sounds intense. November 2nd, and man is a JRPG. Warrior wear, Wario wear, move it. You want mini like games? Move we it, got move it. micro like games. To move it, move it. The next game in the series, Wario wear, move it, lands on Switch on November 3rd, and it supports four players locally. Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Did somebody say Wonder? Mario comes back to a new platformer, 2D platformer, technically. And hey, I'm kind of like, yeah. Give me. Oh, October 20th. Zelda got some new amiibos, and that's really the last of it. So, hey, there you go. That's a lot, though. And a lot coming out soon. Uh, My quick, non-educated assumption is that it was probably the second best, uh, best direct of the session. I mean, just looking at it, I would have to strongly agree. Second, if not the first. It would be competing pretty hard with Xbox. Yeah. If you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, if you're not Matt. Yep. Which, let's be honest, who no one wants to be Matt. No. Not even a little bit. It's scary. It's sad. It's a little disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Just for the record, I never got the website to load that entire time. And I tried two different browsers and uh, all slew of other things. So You're in shambles. Yeah. Well, the good news is we get to move on. Oh, boy, do we get to move on. The Starfield hype train has left the station, so naturally we have some more details on the games via some interviews. Most specifically... Uh, Todd Howard went on to Kind of Funny's X-Cast, which is their Xbox. Uh, I don't I don't want to call it a podcast because it's more of like a video cast, it's like a vidcast. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. All their stuff is podcast, but they have videos, too. Okay, there it is. There you have it, folks. Because like you can, you can pull it up on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So I know. So podcast. All right. Podcast. It's a fucking podcast. Nathan. Bro, it's, it's a fucking podcast. podcast. Bro, bro, bro. 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 Um, 
I know it's a Bethesda game, and I know it's a AAA game, and I know it's like the tent pole right now for Xbox and for Game Pass, but I am still surprised by how fast that hype train picked up speed. They showed the game, and everyone was like fapping in the corner, being like, oh my god, this is going to be the best game that's ever made. And so, I'm like... And we've not touched it yet. Yeah, and I'm just like, what's going on? people that want to lose their fucking minds anyways let's get into it todd howard revealed that around 10 percent of the explorable planets would have life on them which is in the upper range of what scientists believe could be possible based on known science as far as the barren planets the developers wanted to convey the sense of beautiful desolation expressed by buzz aldrin when he landed on the moon so if you're doing, what's up? You're laughing over there. You're giggling. Someone show you some boobies? No, I God wish it was damn that. It. I don't usually giggle at boobies. Uh, I do like <laughs> the Nick Offerman giggle. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. That that does happen. But yeah. the, no, this was a, a Jeff Grubb tweet. Okay. Satire. Oh, love it. FTC. Quote. Is the Elder Scrolls 6 not coming to PlayStation? End quote. Phil Spencer. Quote, we stand as witnesses to the relentless passage of time, grappling with the realization that once that what yeah, that what once seemed eternal has now faded into the annals of history. The vibrant hues of youth have dimmed, replaced by oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, I just, I just, I love that. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, shit. sorry. No, it's fine. So, ten percent of uh, the explorable plants will have life. So if you're doing math at home, since there's going to be over a thousand planets, there'll be over a hundred planets that have life on them. He showed his work, folks. He did the math. That being said, that's also probably correct, though. That's probably what we want. That's so that, a lot. It it is a lot. But when we were worried about like you know the over a thousand, like it's a lot, yada yada. Yes. Okay, but there's only a hundred plus yeah. that are actual things you're going to interact with, and not just obliterate by horrible space mining techniques. Yes. <laughs> um, addressing the balance of handcrafted versus procedurally generated content, Howard explained that outside of major cities and, you know, your, your quest line stuff and all that good stuff. Yeah. The systems used to pull from a suite of content that is handcrafted and chooses to place it or not place it on different planets when you land. Oh, okay. So they have an assortment of handcrafted things. And then the system's like, oh, the player, he's going to land on that planet. Get that fucking planet ready. And it wraps that planet in its procedurally generated texture bullshit. And then it's like, let me shit out this handcrafted little spot right here. <laughs> just, I just, I picture this essentially literally being the and then they take the fuzzy tool on photoshop and they smear the handcrafted part with the fucking procedurally generated part so it all blades together what was the it's not up but it was the the emotion movie uh elementals no that's the new one uh i don't know i don't think it, i don't think it was just emotions i think it maybe but you know what the movie I mean. yeah yeah that's what I essentially picture happening inside of this AI. Yeah. It's either that or it's a mix between this is a SpongeBob reference. You're not going to get it. 
but they look inside his brain and it's just a bunch of mini SpongeBob's like ripping filing cabinets open, trying to find things and everything's on fire. And it's all, I just pictured that exactly happening when they're like players landing. I need that. And it's just a bunch of people yanking things off the of shelves to basically just assemble the most cluster planet they can. Yep. That's probably what's happening. Um, Starfield doesn't have mounts or land vehicles of any kind. And there's also no fishing. Thanks, Gary. Yep. Uh, Howard confirmed that the four Constellation Companions... Did you see that question, though? Of him asking the fishing one? Oh, yeah, it was the best part. It, it was... It was semi-awkward. It was, it yeah, was it, was, it was like... It was Gary awkward. It was Gary awkward. Uh, which is good awkward. But yep. I, I love Todd going, define fishing. Yeah. Because <laughs> I immediately was like, he means just murder a bunch of people and yeah. Pick up resources. That's what Todd needs. Um, Howard confirmed that the four Constellation Companions are the romanceable characters in the game. When asked if players could have the crew entirely composed of robots, Howard hesitated before answering technically yes. So I'm assuming that means if you just have the one fucking robot. Or if you just have however many. Maybe there are yeah, three maybe robots. Maybe there's like two or three. Like, yes, you could have an entire crew of only robots. It just means you only have two people. Yeah. Um, I, Which I, I appreciate. No one else is going to read into that. Yeah. But you and I both know. Technically. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, in a Bethesda game, you don't have to play the game. Which was low-key what Howard said the entire time, basically. It was like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. We don't really give a shit. Um, Todd shared that players can... <laughs> so, so, Todd, what are we supposed to do in this game? I don't fucking know, man. Whatever the hell you want. I don't fucking know. I didn't play it. No. <laughs> I didn't, you think I came up with this? I said I want space fallout. Boom. Space fallout. Uh, Todd shared that players can customize ships they steal from others, but that it has to be registered first which is a process that costs credits. Oh, yeah, of course. So it's their ba- way gotta, of balancing. Well, you got to switch over the license. You know, yeah. space pirates, you got to make a license. You got to make it legit. legitimate. Yeah, exactly. It's the equivalent of going to GTA and repainting the car. Exactly. Uh, Todd, Ho- Todd Howard also notes that the shipbuilding system is extremely deep. He was actually pretty, like, spe- did you watch the whole thing? No. He was pretty specific where he was, like, very, he accentuated this more than. I would have thought, but he said it is extremely deep and many of the options available in it are expensive and meant for players in the late game. So he says the same thing about outposts and using them for uh, resources, resource mining. So here's the couple things I'll say real quick, just based on listening and quick interpretation. Mm -hmm. No wonder they're doing AI planets because take guess where all their creative time went. Ships and outposts. Yeah, shipbuilding outposts. And... They learned from Fallout 4 to not make things not snappable. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also mentioned that all the if ships... There's, if there's a Preston Garvey, though, I swear to God. I think there is. I mean, there's. I rewatched the gameplay, and I realized right off the bat, I was like, those are fucking... You're, that's an outpost. And you are... He, the player character is going there to defend it. Which I don't mind. It just can't be every five seconds. Yes. Um, There's a reason I never went back to the settlement wherever he was. Because I was just like, no. Yeah, he's going to run up to you. Settlement needs your help. 
Um, I was going to say something. What was it? Uh, shit. Oh, he said that all the ships you see in all the ships you've seen so far that were created with that same, uh, same system that, that yeah. players have access to, which means Optimus Shippus. Yes. Was a thing. It was. Uh, Howard refers to Starfield as a modder's paradise. Quote, it's important for us to not just enable that, but to participate, right? To make it easy for them. To make this where they can make it not just a hobby, but a career. And then to steal all Think their about that. content. The career is a real slippery slope. We've had a time. lot of great success there. So looking forward to what everyone's going to do with Starfield. 110% there's going to be a modding storefront of some kind. There, there would have to be for the word career. Yeah. Or they would have to be okay with people selling mods for the game on not their market and them losing money. Yeah. So they're going to take... They're going to have a marketplace for mods, and they're going to take some sort of revenue cut. Or, well, that. And then if, depending on maybe what the mod is, maybe they would actually be, like, half using it for, like, scouting talent. Because what, what better way to I mean, that for, would be a good way to do it. Like, what better way for you to get talent than somebody saying, I took all your assets and did this. Mm-hmm. And then being like, oh, why didn't we think of... You want a you want a job or? And then finally, uh, Howard passed on answering whether black holes exist in the game. Uh, so there's probably some sort of story beat centered around those. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Any thoughts, feelings on any of that? No, just I, I'm happy. As long as we're still on track for it to always come out when yeah. they said it's going to now, I don't need to hear anymore. Um, I will say that uh, Todd Howard specifically called out uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 as being a, a heavy influence on what they wanted to create. Good. And um, he did also say that it is... How did he word it? the best feeling game they've ever made as far as like controls and playing and stuff. All like, right. All, all good things. Now just give me the game. You guys yeah. can now disappear now and not talk about it again. And I'll be happy. Yeah, I agree. I concur. So let's speed through the quick things. Shall we? We shall. Number one, Activision is sunsetting the original call of duty Warzone. The free to play shooter will go offline on September 21st, three years after launching. No, number two, the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 2 lineup has leaked, and it was then confirmed by IGN. Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain, and Solid Peace Walker. Number three, Annapurna Interactive will be holding a showcase on June 29th, 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern, so get ready. Number four, Ghostwire Tokyo has reached 5 million players, which is actually kind of impressive. Number five, Immortals of Avium has been delayed until August 22nd from its original July 20th, so about one month. Twitch has introduced new content classification labels to replace its current system for mature content. Previously, streams only had one mature content toggle to turn on and off. The new labels aim at tagging the content more specifically. Number seven, Australia's digital games tax offset has now officially been approved. The DGTO provides a 30% tax incentive to Australian studios with projects above Australian $500,000. When we take over, Capcom has recently turned 40 and announced that it is sold approximately 500 million games globally. 
That's a lot. That is a lot. Uh, Gorilla has added a Lance Reddick memorial in Horizon Forbidden West. Specifically the DLC. Yep. Uh, Roblox has announced that users can create games on the platform for people ages 17 and up. Players will need to verify their age to develop and access the experiences. Age verification will require users to upload a photo of themselves and a government-issued ID. Didn't they have a data breach recently? Yeah, great thing to issue uh, government-issued IDs and upload photos of yourself. Head of Xbox Game Studio, Matt Booty, has said that Xbox <laughs> is waiting for an audience to emerge for AR VR gaming before it expands into the division. Into that division, not, you know, the division. Microsoft's buying Ubisoft. <laughs> Hint, hint. Uh, EVE Online has, 20 years after release, become the first video game to seamlessly (laughs) integrate Microsoft Excel. Excel is now a free add-on for EVE Online. That's wild. It was always known as Spreadsheet Simulator. Yep. And now it has it. They did it. They fucking did it. Those mad lads. (laughs) The death of Discord has begun. Uh, Discord is expanding server subscriptions with longer-term plans to effectively turn servers into storefronts. Here are the known changes so far. Tier templates, which are formalized subscription tiers with prices set by Discord. Downloadables, one-time purchasable digital products or subscriptions sold by server owners. Server shops, a single home for server owners to sell server subscriptions, downloadables, and premium roles. Cool, I'm downloading TeamSpeak. TeamSpeak, yeah, I, I fucking, where, where did that come up the other day? I fucking like their saw Twitter, their Twitter is out and about. Maybe that's why, because they they kind of had a resurgence recently. Yeah, they've they've been doing a lot better uh, since the pandemic and all this Discord stuff that Discord's been doing lately. Mm-hmm. TeamSpeak's just been hard memeing on, and I went on a a goose chase after that because I was like TeamSpeak, oh yeah, and I was like, I wonder if Ventrilo still exists. And it does. Yeah, it's like Ventrilo, Mumble. <sighs> Wild. Anyways, uh, Star Trek Infinite had a gameplay trailer released for Picard Day. It wasn't. It is, in fact, a grand strategy game set a couple decades for the next generation show. I am 100% in on this. He is. He threatened to take an entire fleet of some type of fighter and attack. Romulan him. Warbirds, all right? <laughs> I apologize. Gonna go kick some Cardassian ass. Some what? Cardassian. Kardashian? Kardashian. Kim? Um, and then there was trailers. For, we watched the Star Trek Infinite one. And then uh, they're doing a movie about the whole uh, Wall Street Bets GameStop thing. And they're calling it Dumb Money. A lot of and people. it's got a pretty interesting cast. A lot of people in it. It'll be uh, interesting to see how that gets received and what it's actually doing. Because it's not a documentary. It's more just a movie entertainment. So Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. What are you uh, been up to? Anything? Anything we need to discuss? Um, not really. Uh, um, mowed my lawn. That was pretty nice. Neighbors put up a fence in the backyard, a vinyl fence. Um, that's interesting. They fucking murdered all our hostas in the backyard without telling us or saying anything to us. So that was nice. Um, pulled the trigger on some sim racing gear because uh, I've been sitting home. Uh, it hits eight o'clock at night, and the baby's sleeping, and I sit on the couch staring at the TV, being like, I don't know what to watch for like an hour or two hours every night. And I'm like, you know what I could be doing right now? Racing. I could be doing some laps. 
That's I'm going to fucking do it. Getting some hot laps. So way. we'll see what happens with that. And that's about it. I can't wait till I get the picture from your wife of you in a racing helmet and racing gloves. Being like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, still a long ways to go. I gotta. I need to find a seat. I need um, a seat. <laughs> and uh, probably another monitor. So progress. Yeah. Yeah. We're slowly but surely getting somewheres. And I just gotta figure out where to put it. That that That's might be the, the biggest hard, problem. The hardest part of all of it. Yeah. So but she's she's pushing for she's pushed for <laughs> for the a whole new house, so we'll see. Like, That's we'll right. See. Just make sure you got a race room. Yeah, that's well. I, my suggestion, uh, it sounds like a good idea. I know you can, whatever, maybe it's not. But I was like, hey, you make a list of things that are things that you absolutely need to have if we bought a new house and a list of things you'd like. And then I'll make a list of things that I need to have and things that I would like. And then we'll, you know, we'll Priority compare. Yeah. yeah. We'll go from there and see what happens. So see how that goes. At least just, regardless, it at least puts you on the same page. Yeah. Because then yeah. you can just hard eliminate certain things. Yeah. And then uh, tomorrow is my only wedding of the year. So, so far. That, well, if there's another wedding coming this year, <laughs> then you better fucking get your invitations out, bro. But Not mine, eh, for yeah. sure. That's my life. What have you been up to? A whole lot of nothing. Nothing. Bought a new keyboard. It's yeah, it's nice. Here now. It's really nice. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I <laughs> uh, So, yeah, that's, that's here, and that's really the, uh, the crux of it all. Um, WoW still doing WoW stuff. I saw some controversy uh, surrounding a certain quest on the test server. Yeah, they've been doing some weird shit. I don't really want to talk about it. Okay. It, it's getting in the weeds about stuff. That's yeah, I mean, it's you're getting in the weeds about lore. We'd be, getting, well, we'd, get, we'd be getting into like a WoW podcast, and it's not. Let's Put it this way, it's not a quest they should have written based on everything they've been sued for. Yeah. I think it it almost sounded like they paint themselves in a corner because they like want they needed to cover it, but the they literally made they in order to complete the quest, the character the player character would have been complicit in sexual abuse and rape. Yeah, like why would you? Yeah. do that. It's I feel the, like it's it was the, a it's in the lore that it happened. Why would you make the player interact with it? Yeah, I feel like you could have retconned it and people would have noticed, but like that's the better side to be on than than the side of like you have to do it. Yeah, you could have just been on the side of still freeing her instead. Yeah. So then like making sure it continued. Like it was just it was a really poor taste. Yeah. Um you still you still playing though, I'm assuming? Still playing well, still yeah. playing Diablo. Still Yakuza. playing like, still playing Yakuza like a dragon. Yeah. In Ichiban Kasuga, yeah. My first time seeing it on uh, in person, playing it, and it it was it looked better than I thought it was going to. Yeah, yeah. It is actually fifteen dollars. Yeah, steal. I'm like, I'm so in. Uh, because I watched, and I told Matt this, but because I watched Ray play in Japanese, I'm playing it in English, and it is once you have. Uh, a Japanese voice actor in your head for how a character yeah. sounds, and then you hear it in English, they are not at all close to what you think they yeah. would have been. I, I have a, I have very strong feelings on this because I watch a decent amount of anime, and I just feel like Japanese voice actors are just leagues above. Yeah. Uh, 
English voice actors. And I don't know if it's necessarily like a talent thing. I think a lot of it is the production. Like I think that the people who are making the English dialogues of things just try too hard. See, I don't have a problem with any like inflections or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just I hear it's like tonal things. Yeah. Like you hear somebody with a, a higher pitch voice doing one character and then when they go to the English side, it's like three octaves deeper. And yeah. Like, it don't even sound like the same pitch. Yeah. Um But you it, the English acting in voice uh, uh English voice acting in Yakuza is still really good. Yeah, it's not it's a talent thing, it's more as a, like it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, and I think there's still a little bit too where it's like I'm, I'd be very curious uh, if you put them both in a room, both speaking the same language, regardless of what that would be, either the, the Japanese voice actor speaking English or the English voice actor speaking Japanese, where the inflections start to lie in mm-hmm. in the different languages of natural flow of conversation. Yeah, I think you might be onto something there, too. And I, I have a pretty strong, I think I have a pretty strong basis for this, for my theory, like my feelings that the Japanese voice acting is better. because. My favorite, one of my favorite animes of all time, Initial D. I initially watched it. I saw it first in English. Yeah. And was not exposed to it in, in Japanese until much later on. And and I watched it in Japanese and I was like, this is way better. Yeah. So, there's, like, it's not like a... There's certain things with just, like, how the languages themselves, like, flow and whatever mm-hmm. that... It can it can seem weird, and then when you hear it another way, you're like, "Oh, that actually sounds like a lot better." And yeah, yeah, but yeah, so far it's been it's been great. Still very, very early on in the infancy of that game. Um, but enjoying it. You played any any of the show, or is you just uh sometimes sometimes, but not too much. Mainly been Wow and Diablo. So Wow Wow Diablo and a little like a dragon. Yep. True. How's Diablo treating you? Pain, pain. I gotta switch my build. Oh, pulverize just hurt. It's it's sad now. You're you're in the grind now, right? I'm in I'm in I'm in the grind of now. I need to get gear. Yeah, you're gearing. Game game is beaten. Gear grind. Uh, but I still got like forty levels or thirty five levels to go to hit one hundred. Um, so that's gonna be a grind anyway. But in mm-hmm. the meantime, it's I need to get all this gear to you know do everything. So that's the process. There it is. There it be. All right, that's all I got, though. I'm good. All right, cool. Then we will see you guys in seven days. Bye-bye.